It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 131 of Curse of the Black Pearl. And... No announcements again today? No announcements. Like I said yesterday, I didn't really have anything planned and... I didn't go searching for anything. I didn't even think about it. I just showed up, ready to rock and roll. Are you ready? If you have no announcements, are you ready? I am kind of Oh, okay. ready. A little bit. Okay. I have my grog here. It's Friday. Yes. Time to end the week and then we can Goodness. hang out, summertime, all that kind of stuff, I guess. Yep. But other than that, I don't have anything going on. And we do have some announcements, but I want to save those till the end. To the end minutes. The very so end. So everybody has to wait. Exactly. Then everybody has to tune in. They have to tune in for the almighty. For the final finale. The final finale. Exactly. Or I could just say finale instead of being redundant. I like final finale. Because it's not really the final finale. It's just the finale to season one. Kind of. And we actually have to think about how that's even going to work. Before we move into season two. With some of the announcements. So you just have to stay tuned. I say... We just get going then, unless you have something you... Let's start this minute, you scallywag. Thank you. It's about time. This is the previous minute that you will always remember as the minute in which Jack frightened Governor Swan with his breath. As Jack tried to buddy up with Commodore Norrington. As Jack complimented Will Turner's hat. As Jack dumped Elizabeth Swan. As Jack unsuccessfully tried to deliver his catchphrase. As Jack fell from Fort Charles. As Jack landed face first on the water. As Gillette once again underestimated Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow, as a Marine yells, sail ho! Is that any way to talk to a lady, actually? No. As Gillette asks the jilted Norrington about his plans. Dinner for one, please. <laughs> Poor Norrington. Yeah. Now I feel bad for now saying that. Now you're making that. fun of him. Oh, a little sad. This sad. Minute 131 begins with Gillette. Not sad enough to move along, though, to minute 131. <laughs> minute 131 begins with Gillette following up on his question to Commodore Norrington. Sir? Norrington tries to regain his composure as Governor Swan speaks up. Perhaps on the rare occasion, pursuing the right course demands an act of piracy. Piracy itself can be the right course. The minute ends with Will Turner thanking Norrington just before the Commodore turns and walks away, thereby setting him free. Gillette pipes up, Commodore, what about Sparrow? Okay, we're getting some great dedicated character minutes this week. Last one was all about Jack, and I might venture to say... We're wrapping up this week with an ode to Commodore Norrington. Is it just me or does he steal the scene here? Jack did do some upstaging before. Now it's obviously Norrington's turn as he brings the performance home here. Jack Davenport's acting carries the minute and the scene. That's what I have to say about that. This is what sells it and makes it believable that he really is a broken hearted man. That poor Norrington. Yeah. Like I said, dinner for one. Poor guy. You're so mean. What does that mean? I'm just... Announcing that he had to go off by himself to go have dinner. Wasn't saying anything. Probably had a nice candle lit thing spread prepared. 
And then he's all, oh, wait a second. She just ate that glorious meal on the Black Pearl. She's Governor to- Swan, do you want to join me? Yeah. That's probably what's happening. Now, if you want to stop browbeating poor Norrington, I can you get are. back on thing. No, I just proved what was going on. His delivery of lines, though, getting back to Jack Davenport or Commodore Norrington, if you prefer, really does a great job with that. And also his silence, all of it, nailed perfectly. That's why we leave feeling a little bad for him. Well, some people do, like me. You don't, obviously, because you have no feelings. All because Jack brought the character to a place of reality. And there's no giving anybody the Cotton's Parrot in here, anyways. Just reminding you of that. There's a strict no Cotton's Parrot flipping somebody the bird deal. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. I established the rules as captain. This just might be one of those random thoughts episode, but with a Norrington theme. That's what I'm kind of thinking. That's what I'm getting the feel for today. Random thoughts. Norrington puts Elizabeth ahead of himself. He finally lets his true feelings shine. A nice gesture? Yeah. But too late for him. I almost said that a little too happy-like, didn't I? Yeah. And you said that I was being Robot? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Will already played this card, so Norrington is embarking on rerun territory. Nobody wants to see a rerun right now. Did they have reruns? No. Yeah, see, they didn't. So nobody wants to see that. They had rerun. When you ran again? <laughs> rerun this mail to the post no, office, please. rerun, you know, the, the TV show with rerun in it. There's give a me kid a break. named rerun. Yeah, give I don't even know how that got off. Well, I don't even know why I asked <laughs> that stupid question just to see what you'd say. And then look it. I knew that it would take us down this idiotic road. Give and it me did. a break. Give me a break. Break that's me not off even, a piece of that Kit That has nothing bar. to do with the you just show. Said, you were, that's what you said. Give me was. a break what I think was the name of that show. And okay. now you're going into Kit Kat land? <laughs> I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> he does come across as a real gentleman. Not just taking the high road, letting Elizabeth go kind of thing here. But he also does a stand-up thing. And that's recognizing Will as the one who made the sword. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Holla freaking luyah. See how I threw he freaking knew in He knew he made it. This is the week of freakings for yeah. me. Not John Brown, the blacksmith. Was that no. his name, John Brown? Yeah, I think so. You Good bet recall. your ass that was right. He gives him credit, which is basically a complete turnaround for his character. Giving Will props and not succumbing to class guidelines or the typical gotta thank the blacksmith and not the apprentice who was doing it. Because in the beginning, if you remember, we should have some of that remembering music. Maybe I'll see if I can find some. Like the harp. Whatever it is. <laughs> like we're thinking back. The dream sequence. When they were in the blacksmith shop and our pirate Captain Jack Sparrow gets caught and captured, he turns to thank John Brown and doesn't give any credit to Will whatsoever. Like Will's not even there. Now he gives proper props. Proper props. Proper props. To Will. Will yes. the pirate now. Which is weird because if anybody should have less respect would be a pirate than even a blacksmith's apprentice. And he's the one giving respect to is now a pirate, which is pretty cool. But it was a beautiful sword. That it was. It's so effective that Norrington doesn't respond to Gillette. Or at least doesn't respond with any verbal communication. It's so much better than any line Ted and Terry could have written for him. Much more potent, especially since his world is exploding right now. His heart is destroyed and he has to accept losing to a blacksmith of all things. He's accustomed to being a winner and being that great pirate hunter of the Caribbean. Now he's suffered a loss here to the one pirate he couldn't defeat. Will. Not physically, but Will the pirate who resides in Elizabeth's heart. Exactly. That you'll accept, but my ocean slapping Jack is the mistress no, of the sea. that was dumb. How dare you? 
I know it was dumb. It took you down. I still wanted to cling on to it a little bit. Cling on. Is I... that a... <laughs> This isn't a Star Trek thing. What are you doing? My thoughts about Gillette. Okay? These are my random I'm thoughts. Ready. Okay, I'm ready. Gillette, shut the hell up. Can't you see Norrington's heartbroken and a bit embarrassed? Arr! I mean, Gillette keeps going on and on here. Sir, hello? Gillette's one of those annoying people. Right? He is a robot himself. If anybody is more strict and by the book, it's Gillette. Compared to Norrington. If we should do like a hierarchy of who is more by the book. And Norrington is below Gillette. Gillette is strict by the book kind of guy. Yeah. And he can't even tell. He's like Norrington. So obviously Gillette's character flaw is that he is blind to the suffering of Commodore Norrington. Right. And just doesn't get it. Even after Governor Swan steps up, piracy itself can be the right course. Norrington ignores Gillette and everything. Gillette still keeps on at the end of this minute. Saying, Commodore, what about Sparrow? Yeah, he is completely blind to the whole situation of what's going on. Because his main focus is catching the pirates. Yeah. Which is not surprising because Norrington probably trained Gillette. Yeah. And they are soldiers. This is what they do. They're Marines. They're Navy. Well, they're actually Navy folk here. And his job is to get the pirates. Right. And there's one right there. And now Commodore is kind of taking that back seat to wanting to go get him. Something that he's never, ever done. Right. So this is so out of the ordinary, out of character for Norrington. He's like trying to confirm the orders here. And he's not getting anything in return. And he doesn't get it. Gillette doesn't even really understand what happened. is going on. He's not watching. This is what's going on with Gillette. He's not concerned with what's happening in the emotional or personal relationships of these people. His main focus is Jack and Jack getting away. That's it. Yeah. He's not paying attention to anything. So it's not that he doesn't care. It really is that he's blind to the situation and he's only concerned with trying to apprehend the pirate that's in their midst. And that's Jack who escaped the gallows. And because of that, he wants to actually complete that task and he can't do it and norrington is gonna let it go and it's just one of those things that bothers him he's almost like sheldon if you want to bring back another big bang theory reference they started saying something and now he can't finish it so his like compulsive disorder is kicking in that says no i have to finish this task and he's not able to do that and so now he's getting all flustered yeah when norrington pulls out his sword Ah! whoa (laughs) i didn't see any of that going on Okay. Is that because Elizabeth was between Jack and Norrington? No, this is oh, after. Oh, this is different. Yeah. So Norrington pulls his sword. Did you think he was actually going to pull it on Will and take Will in? I didn't know what was going on there. And I'm trying to remember when I first saw it. And I could not remember what actually because was running through my head Just there. before that, Will tells Elizabeth he'll accept the consequences of his actions. Yeah. I think that's where they wanted us to lead. Yeah. And I'm trying to be honest with myself. And I got to imagine that he was... Well, it's hard to put myself in that situation now yeah. and remember what it was. Because I imagine that we are in the final minutes of the movie that... Because I have seen a movie or two before. So I kind of know how these things go. Once or twice I've seen one. Not oh. a lot. Just once or twice. That's why I don't really reference a lot of movies on the show. I kind of g- probably got that idea like, okay, they're going to try and trick us. We're g- They're going to think that... They're arresting them, and then they're really not. Yeah. But actually, you know, when I think about it, now that I'm going to step back from that, you know what I almost 
imagine was going to happen. And I almost kind of still do. And so maybe that's my initial reaction. Just I'm remembering it. Yeah. And I just don't remember that that was my initial reaction. That Norrington was going to give Will that sword that he made. Oh, okay. And I don't know if that would have been good or not. That may have actually been a really interesting gesture. Because imagine Norrington giving Will the sword that he made. It's almost like this official ceremony. Because if Norrington would have given Will the sword, A, he says this is a beautiful sword. So it does have some symbolic representation of Elizabeth. Right. If Norrington would have given him the sword, it would have been like he's letting Elizabeth go. He's not going to pursue her. He's seeding that Will won her hand and then kind of giving him the sword. It's also kind of that promotion idea again that Will has gone from blacksmith to pirate to the best man one kind of deal. So there's a lot of things that it could have went and it may have worked. But then again, it is Commodore Norrington's sword that he got for his promotion himself. And that in itself is something special to Norrington because he is the type of person that strive to, well, his career has been most important to him. right? And that was a special moment for him to be able to reach that status. And so I can see both ways. It's probably more realistic that he didn't give the sword. Yeah. It may have verged on the, this is a little too mushy or too, what would be the word for that? Kind of movie trope that you would think that would happen. Yeah. Almost cliche territory. Right. So it probably is better that he didn't, but it would have been an interesting turn because there would have been so much to read into it. Maybe just as me as the person who's looking for symbols, I would have been all over that. But like I said, that probably would have verged on cliche and then... Instead, we'd be right now going, cliche alert, cliche alert. How dare they do that? (laughs) Instead, no. Now I'm going, oh, they could have put a cliche in there. See? Yeah, there you go. The one thought I do have specifically for Will, since we're on that, is that he is that good man, that pirate. He's willing to accept the consequences of his actions, as you said. He might be a pirate, but he still does the right thing, standing up for what is honorable, just like Norrington would do. These are not an upper and lower class group of people or between two people talking and interacting with each other. Yeah. They are simply men on the same level who are courting a young woman. May the best man win and the loser accepts defeat honorably. Yeah. And that's what happens here. Yep. Norrington is a stand-up guy on that. Because if he was really the broken-hearted jerk and nasty guy about that, if he was a true villain, he would have arrested Will and sent Will to the gallows. Right. It would be almost like a... This would have been... Probably would have gone too much like the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh. If, that would have, if he was the villain, if Norrington was the villain type, then this would have been almost like a remake of Count of Monte Cristo, except that it had skeleton pirates. Because there would have been that betrayal, yeah. sending him to the gallows just so he could court the woman kind yeah. of deal. But it didn't go there. So it's possible that that could have happened. And probably, I'm glad that they didn't do that. But really, it is an honorable thing going on here between them my thought with governor swan is that he steps up not just for his daughter but then he does so for norrington as well yeah this guy really comes through for the commodore yeah commodore still nursing his emotional wounds here governor swan finally then answers to elizabeth by responding to gillette so he doesn't answer directly to elizabeth but he responds to gillette and that's that question well it's that question from a previous minute but it shows up in this minute the answer is when he gives justification for piracy. It's the running guidelines idea. The code is more guidelines than actual rules, but without saying that catchphrase. Yeah. And not so much that he answers Elizabeth, but realizes his mistake and has some personal growth. 
sometimes there are extenuating circumstances and by the book doesn't always work. Because Elizabeth said earlier when they were about to watch Jack get hanged, this is wrong. And instead of answering her with this kind of answer, yeah. he goes on to say that they are bound by the law. Well, sometimes rules have to be bent and broken to do what is right. He finally gets it. Right. It's not that they are bound by the law and we're all bound by the law. He now realizes, okay, piracy, sometimes you need to do that if you're doing it for the right reasons. And that's what he almost was saying to Elizabeth earlier on when she was in held captive or kind of put in the captain's quarters on the dauntless yeah. to keep her safe. And safe is where... She will keep her. He'll keep her. Lord of the Rings reference. Nice. Lord of the Rings minute. We had them on. I told Gandalf, I'll keep you safe as safe as where I'll keep you. Yeah, Treebeard. See how that all works around? See, it's probably one of the other movies I've seen in life. Oh, man. Good. I only have a couple references. And coming back off our reference, what I was saying is that Governor Swan was sitting outside the cabin telling her about choices to make. Yeah. And this may be the choice that you're making, the idea that sometimes the right choice is made for the bad reason. Yeah. And that's what he was kind of then getting back to is that same idea here about piracy. This was a choice that maybe wasn't so good, but it was done for the right reason. And now I'm glad that, you know, say Elizabeth's safe, that Port Royal is safe, that we don't have to deal with these crazy pirates in yeah. the Caribbean anymore. Unfortunately, although Governor Swan knows it, Gillette still doesn't understand. No. But then again, who cares? He's not in charge. Nope. It's also a great line about giving his permission to Elizabeth to pursue her relationship with Will. The blacksmith, the pirate. It's justification for piracy. Sometimes pursuing the right course demands an act of piracy. Elizabeth pursuing the right course means she just might have to engage in piracy herself. Piracy being going against her father's wishes and pursuing Will, who is now a pirate. Yep. My other random thought that kind of just goes on. Because maybe it's not a random thought if you're going on and talking about it as opposed to just throwing out bullet points. But whatever. I did get a Lord of the Rings reference in. So that Bet makes me, that warms my little heart. My cold, cold, shriveled heart. <laughs> the one piece of camera work I think that is worth pointing out in this minute is when Governor Swan steps up and answers Gillette for Norrington. Norrington is in the foreground. Governor is in the background. The perspective doesn't change at all. It's just the focus. And the emphasis is placed on the characters by going in and out of focus of who's in, well... Focus. Right. Which really does work beautifully here. Especially since Norrington is not speaking. He's just got that sad puppy dog look. That kind of just reacting. Except in the reality that Elizabeth has chosen Will over him. And he's coming to terms with it. It really does capture that emotion of this scene. That deep and thought moment as Norrington gathers up the pieces of his dead broken, broken heart. And prepares to move on. He's going to have dinner for one. And I really like that they just keep both of them in the shot. They don't switch to another angle with Norrington full frame. Right. He's in the background saying it. Norrington is still that center of attention because even though he might be out of focus at some point, we're still getting his expression and his downtrodden look. Right. That he really is upset and has let his true feelings for Elizabeth come through finally. Right. But that's all I got with minute stuff. I don't know if you had any other things you wanted to add before we move to really bad eggs. Nope, that's all I have. Well, on that case, I think it's time for, didn't I just say it? Really bad eggs. And that's our weekly segment where each of us highlight our favorite line from the past five minutes of the movie. Strike your colors, you bloomin' cockroaches. Hands, grapnels at the ready. Prepare to board. It's time for really bad eggs. 
Before I kick things off to you, Heather, we actually had a couple of listener entries that I wanted to share. Oh, really? Don't forget, everyone out there, you too can share your favorite lines from the movie, and we will include it in our weekly segment every Friday. Because now that we're at the end, just go ahead and take any line from any minute and shoot it our way. It'd be nice if it's Curse of the Black Pearl, but we'll probably still listen if it wasn't. (laughs) Because we are on that movie. Save everything else for the appropriate season. Jeez, guys, come on. The first one comes from Caitlin, and this goes back to last week in minute 126 during the town clerk gallows scene when Jack said, Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Her reason for choosing that particular line was the way he said it. It made it sound like he was thinking. Come on, people. It's not that hard. Just putting a captain in there somewhere. (laughs) Right? true. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I mean, oh yeah. I mean, she nailed it, Caitlin did. Yeah. It was definitely at the top of his irritation meter. This deserves a freaking adjective here. (laughs) Just freaking put Captain in front of my name. Heck, at the end will even suffice. He's the proverbial Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. And I can't believe we haven't mentioned this. Did we mention this before? Have we mentioned a Rodney Dangerfield thing here? I don't think so. Because if we haven't, that's shame on us. I mean, seriously. How dare you, Heather, forget to bring in a Rodney Dangerfield analogy to that. So thanks, Caitlin. And thanks for highlighting the fact that obvious analogy to Rodney Dangerfield never came up. And I put that all on Heather. The second entry comes from Anne Bonnie, 1782, and Christine. They both sent in one, and they both happen to be the same one. Oh, really? So their top of the week pick comes from Gillette in minute 131, where he says, idiot, he's nowhere to go but back to the news. And I'll kind of sum up what they both said, but it's that perfect example of the running theme that we've been talking about During the movie that everyone continues to underestimate Jack. Yes. And it's the end of the movie and they shouldn't be underestimating him anymore. So the real idiot is the idiot saying it. And that's Gillette. Yep. So thanks everyone for sending those in. And like I said, go ahead and send those in at any time. And when we do our weekly segment, we'll go ahead and include that. Yeah. It's fun to have other people's input here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we haven't plugged that everybody could do that in like many, many, many episodes. We've kind of forgotten, gotten away from doing that. We've kind of forgotten? Hey, I said weave. Not weave. I don't want you weaving in here. (laughs) I know that there's a loom. Wait, I gotta weave my blanket. We do have a loom in the studio. So we do do that. Did I just say a do, do? Ah, God dang it. Twice in one week, Yeah, that's a twice in one weeker. (laughs) Anyway, so what do you have for us this week, Heather, before we go down the... Two-year-old humor route. <laughs> I'm going to go with Will. If all I have achieved here is that the hangman will have two pairs of boots instead of one, so be it. At least my conscience will be clear. Oh, good one. Yeah, I like that one. Did you have anything to go with that, or are you just going to let me tackle this? <laughs> is that what you're doing? How dare you? No, I think it's really cool because Will is standing up for Jack here and standing up for the whole... What's right and what's wrong type of thing. And standing up to Norrington. Exactly. Mine comes from minute 129 when Will says, If all I have achieved here is that the hangman will own two pair of boots instead of one, so be it. At least my conscience will be clear. I just said that. Oh, you did? I wasn't paying attention. I figured that much. Uh, I'm just kidding. Of course I was paying attention. I realized that you... Basically, hornswoggled my thunder again. Is that really your? your... That's my line. Yeah, this is probably is this the, the fir- first time. This we've is the had first the time that line? we've had the same line. Wow! And I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or if I should go. I chose poorly. You chose Almost poorly. Like Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. He chose poorly. You chose poorly. It's a reflection on me 
and my deep, deep thoughts on these really bad egg segment and lines. And then to have you choose the same one, I'm starting to go, what am I losing it here? After all this time, I'm now losing it. Yeah. You're agreeing. I'd be worried if yeah. I were you. Yeah. There's something going on upstairs and it's not good. Yeah. I'd be a little worried. It's like I got a hamster. I have a question. Can't I explain what I like about this or what? When we go into the, shoot, what are they called? When all the people's names come up. The cast list. The bullet points. The acknowledgements. So are we going to do like the the best? Yeah, the credits. (laughs) I just love doing that. So when we go into the credits, how are we going to do the really bad eggs? You're bringing that up now? I haven't thought of it yet, but... We could have come up with something pretty crazy and fun, but now you've just spoiled it and ruined it by addressing it now. I hope you're satisfied with yourself. People be going, what the hell are they going to do? Yeah. What the hell are we going to (laughs) do? We'll have to come up with something. Yeah. And that's why it's important that you people out there in the listening audience send in your favorite quotes so we're just not left hanging, staring at nothing. We're going to have to pick the favorite person from the... Not that I've seen the end credit yet, but... I'm just wondering if my favorite line will be, <laughs> and I'll have to try and do some symbolic uh, monkey symbolism for his line. <laughs> it's really interesting how the monkey, Jack, the monkey, said that right there with yes. the feelings. Okay. Mine, because it's a spot on transformation of Will from pirate hating blacksmith apprentice to pirate. Now that's a heck of a title. Yeah. Pirate hating blacksmith apprentice. He's okay with his choices, all of them. That really led to this point in his life. And now he's also good with accepting who his father was. The same thing we recently talked about. That he, like his father, can be pirates as well as good honorable men. Yeah. And who am I trying to kid? It's the first part of the Norrington Burn. The bitch slappered around the world. That's the first part of that. He played the moral card as a pirate. As someone who tried to rescue a pirate from the gallows. And he still levied a beat down to Norrington. Yep. So how could I Poor not Norrington. choose that? Yeah, exactly. How Poor can Norrington. you beat up on Norrington again? I wasn't beating him up. I was just bringing but how to, can you bring that to light at this point well, in time I know. when Norrington is hurting so badly? I know. I shouldn't have done that. But I still hear the slap echoing around the universe. Oh, okay. At the expanded universe. It really was a hell of a beatdown. <laughs> so that's all I got. That is it for the week for me. That's it for the week. It's Friday. Yay. You don't have anything else? That's it. That's not a shocker. Yeah, I said it. That's not a shocker. So, I guess that means we will be back on Monday with Minute 132 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, you know what to do. Let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Now give me that grog. No, you get me some grog. How dare you? have some with you. That's not enough. (laughs) What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. 
And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.